KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Wednesday, June 30th. San Diego is suing over 101 Ash Street. We'll wrangle that in next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County will not be changing mask wearing guidelines despite concerns about the Delta variant of COVID-19. That's according to Supervisor Nathan Fletcher on Tuesday. In Los Angeles, public health officials on Monday had strongly recommended that everyone wear masks in indoor public places, regardless of vaccination status. Fletcher says that they are monitoring the situation with the Delta variant, and he stressed that the best thing anyone can do is get vaccinated. California lawmakers approved a record $262 billion state budget package on Monday night. It'll fund the government for the next fiscal year and pay for stimulus checks for low- and middle-income Californians. Here's Senate President Pro Tem Tony Atkins. A budget that will continue pushing our state forward as we build back creating a path to recovery wide enough for all Californians to share. The new budget also includes expanded Medi-Cal coverage for all Californians 50 and older, including those who are undocumented. Nancy Maldonado is the president and CEO of the Chicano Federation, which serves about 25,000 low-income families in San Diego each year. She says the coverage is important for essential workers, especially those who work in agriculture. They're out in 117-degree heat, still going to work, still doing the things that need to do so that you and I have food on our table. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. San Diego City officials are now suing to void their deal to buy the 101 Ash Street office building. City Attorney Mara Elliott made the announcement on Tuesday. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has been following the 101 Ash Street debacle since it began. He hashed out the lawsuit and its impact on the city with KPBS anchor Sally Hickson. Here's that interview. So Andrew, remind us, how did this real estate scandal get started? Hi, Sally. Well, uh, back in 2016, the city of San Diego was looking for more downtown office space. It was hoping to accommodate more of its employees and sort of consolidate them into one building, whereas currently they're spread out across multiple buildings, or at least they were before COVID. And 101 Ash Street, it's a big high rise. Um, it's, it seemed like a good solution at the time. It's right by City Hall, so it wouldn't be a difficult move for them. There's plenty of floor space. And the city officials uh, assured the city council at the time that all the building needed was a good power washing. It was in excellent condition. In fact, what we learned later was that the building needed tens of millions of dollars in renovations. It needed work on the electrical system, on the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning system. And once all of that work actually got started, 
asbestos got lodged into the air, and so the building became uninhabitable, and it's been uninhabitable ever since. Um, for a while, the city was paying $18,000 a month in rent uh, on a vacant building that it couldn't use. Uh, eventually, it decided to stop, and now, of course, it's taking its chances in the court and just trying to extricate itself from the deal altogether. And what's the new information that led to the lawsuit? Well, one of the architects of the deal on 101 Ash Street was a real estate broker named Jason Hughes, and he was advising the city on this deal for free, essentially. He was saying that he was doing it out of civic duty. He was actually originally retained by the city in a sort of pro bono capacity under a former mayor, uh, Bob Filner, and then he uh stuck around and basically was giving the city some uh, free uh, real estate advice on this deal uh, as well. And so now, only now, recently, the city has discovered that uh, Hughes actually got paid a total of $9.4 million by the company that was selling the building. The city says it was under the impression that Hughes was only representing the city's interests. But of course, this is a clear conflict of interest. How could a broker be giving the city as a buyer in this transaction really good real estate advice when he's also taking money from the seller and not that was not disclosed to the city at the time? So the city attorney, Mara Elliott, said today, uh, on Tuesday, rather, in a press release, it's now clear why the, I'll quote, Quote here, it's now clear why the 101 Ash Street deal has been shrouded in secrecy. At its heart is a massive betrayal of the public trust and a clear violation of California's anti-corruption laws. So now the city claims the contracts to lease or buy 101 Ash Street are void. Is the city also suing to collect damage from Jason Hughes, the broker? Yeah, well, there's actually an existing lawsuit that is has now just been amended to include some new claims. And most of those claims are, in fact, against Jason Hughes himself and individually an, an individual. They're also making claims against Sistera, which is a, a company that um, sort of also acted in a kind of broker capacity for the city in this transaction. And they are also naming as uh, defendants the LLCs that owned these bu- the building. There is another building also at um, Sistera. Center Plaza that the city has been leasing, and Hughes acted in a similar capacity in the transaction that led to that deal. So the city is also seeking to void the contract uh, over that building. This all happened on former Mayor Kevin Faulkner's watch. How might this affect his run for governor in the recall election? Yeah, it's interesting how Faulkner has kind of escaped a lot of the blame for this deal. So last year's mayoral race um, saw uh, former city council member Barbara Bree running against now mayor Todd Gloria. And Bree really sought to make Gloria uh, 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 the sort of chief villain in this story because he supported the deal uh, at the city council. He always maintained that he was misled just like everybody else. Um, But now that Faulkner is actually running for office again and a much bigger office, governor of California, I think it's very likely that this story could actually show up in some of the coverage of the governor's race and perhaps even in uh, campaign materials put out by Faulkner's opponents. That was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen speaking about the city of San Diego's lawsuit to get out of the deal to buy the 101 Ash Street building with KPBS anchor Sally Hickson. San Diego has some of the highest death rates for people in custody at county jails. KPBS's Alexandra Ronhell has more from local activists who are calling for accountability for what they say is negligence at county jails. With support from local activists, Assemblymember Akila Weber is asking for transparency at San Diego County Jails. 
Weber will be requesting a full audit of the San Diego County Sheriff's Office to the state's Legislative Audit Committee Wednesday. Community activist Yusuf Miller held a press conference Tuesday outside Las Colinas detention facility where 24-year-old Elisa Serna died back in November. He's hoping locals will take part in Wednesday's hearing. We are standing up for Elisa Serna, who lost her life right here in Las Colinas Detention Center. A 2019 investigation by the San Diego Union Tribune found that the county's jail mortality rate is among the highest in California, with over 150 people who have died while in custody since 2009. And that was KPBS reporter Alexandra Ronhell. Pandemic restrictions have mostly been lifted across California, and summer tourists are packing San Diego County. But many restaurants and hotels can't find the staff to keep up with the rise in demand. KPBS's Jacob Ayer has more. Many hotels and restaurants across the U.S. are struggling to hire workers they lost during the pandemic, including here in San Diego County. Eric Soto manages Encinitas Cafe and has been working there for over a decade. He says they've had to limit the number of tables they seat and incentivize job applicants. We've, uh, you know, just bumped the starting wage a couple dollars, especially with minimum wage going up back in January. And, you know, you have to, in turn, raise prices. Our margins are, you know, small at restaurants. They're not that large. So if you raise uh, wages a little bit, you have to, unfortunately, pass it on to the consumer. And just down the road at Honey's Bistro and Bakery, they're facing a similar problem, according to manager Corelli Sanchez. She says the problems coincide with rising food costs during their busiest season. It's something drastic needs to happen. We need to have more staff, and we're actually starting to train somebody new tomorrow. So we're hoping it starts picking up and more people want to apply now, because then that's not something that we're going to want to do for the rest of the summer. And in San Diego's hotel and resort industry, many of the trends are the same. Anthony Belliff works at Omni La Costa Resort and Spa in Carlsbad. He says guests are coming back in big numbers, but they've reduced capacity and changed some hours of operation for the time being in order to deliver the same experience. So in our peak seasons, we would typically have about 1,000 to 1,200 people at most. Um, and obviously due to COVID-19 and the shutdown and all the restrictions in business, um, that impacted us. Uh, to the point where right now, even after many months of, you know, slowly reopening things, we're at about 650 employees right now. These business owners aren't exactly sure why they can't find enough workers. Some say they might be worried about contracting COVID-19. Others mention that employees may have left the industry for more stable and flexible jobs. And some say they might still be happy to stay at home with extra government benefits still available. And that was KPBS's Jacob Bear. San Diego beaches got mostly good marks in a new Heal the Bay survey, but a pair of South County beaches did not do so well. The two local beaches have some of the worst water quality in the state. KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson has more. Three North County beaches, two in Carlsbad and one in Solana Beach, landed on the honor roll for excellent year-round water quality. However, two beaches near the mouth of the Tijuana River ended up on the other end of the list. 
They're among the state's dirtiest. Heal the Bay's Luke Ginger says he looks for some key conditions when he considers swimming in the ocean. I would want to swim in what we call an open ocean beach. That is a beach that's uh, not enclosed in any sort of bay or um, harbor or anything like that. Ginger says it's also important to swim at least 100 yards away from any stormwater drains. They carry urban runoff pollution and can pose a health risk. And that was KPBS environment reporter Eric Anderson. Coming up, North County residents are stepping up to help out the homeless. Those groups are groups are important because it is it's grassroots. It's people, it's individuals in the community saying, you know what, I want to do. I want to do something more in my community. More on that next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. KPBS has been reporting about how the number of people experiencing homelessness has grown over the course of the pandemic. You can see the signs everywhere in San Diego County, and now some people in the North County are stepping up to help. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne tells us about one individual running and funding a shelter out of a motel in Carlsbad. Vanessa Graziano didn't expect to be running a homeless shelter. She starts each day at the Carlsbad Village and Motel, where one of the rooms serves as an intake office. Here, coffee is served daily and meals are planned. We have um, dinner being provided from Jewish Collaborative Services. They do it every Monday and they've been doing it for like six months. This is also where she meets the people who are staying at the shelter to talk about what's going on in their lives. Depending on what they need, everyone's unique, right? We just find out who they are. I get to know them, their story. This all started last year when Graziano who had once been homeless herself, decided to pay for a motel for a family in need. That act of kindness grew into what is now the Oceanside Homeless Resource. When the COVID hit, we realized we needed to create some kind of shelter and also food service. So I came together with a few people out there and we started this emergency COVID shelter, which absolutely grew. The one motel room grew to 15 rooms that now house 35 people, including 14 children and all the people here are absolutely moving forward. Originally, Graziano was operating out of an Oceanside motel, but costs forced her to look for a cheaper option, landing her in Carlsbad. Every day, Graziano jumps on social media to ask for donations to keep the shelter running. 
Over the last year, we probably raised over a quarter million dollars, and um, it's just through me, private funding, um, different churches, local that have come on board. Um, we've had a few grants here and there um, from private organizations, but honestly, it's you know I have to raise thousand dollars a day to keep everyone here safe. Sharna Barron has been at the motel shelter for a couple of weeks after being homeless for two years. She needed stability. When you're on when you're on the streets, you can't be stable. I mean, really, you can't. They they kick you out. I was sleeping on the Benches over at the harbor, they kick you out. I was sleeping on the ground, they got kicked out over there. You can't. The motel has given Barron a semi-permanent address that helped her get a job. She started last week. Desiree Young is another shelter resident just starting a new job. She and her family are going into their third month at Graziano's shelter. They also needed stability and an address to get her children enrolled into school. It's hard to get a job or even put them into a school where they have to be going when you move around. Graziano says she listens to what her clients need, but there are rules they have to follow. It is a come-as-you-are program, but we are very, um, like if you're on drugs, you know, we really want you to understand you can be here safe, but we're going to get you into detox and recovery because that is the next step. The nonprofit has been able to move 38 clients into permanent housing. Graziano also connects her clients with resources like county caseworkers and health care. She also arranges employment assistance and transit passes to get them to their new jobs. Those groups are groups are important because it is, it's grassroots, it's people, it's individuals in the community saying, you know what, I want to do, I want to do something more in my community. There's just not enough resources. Miranda Chavez is the director of integrative services at the Community Resource Center in Encinitas. They work with different grassroots organizations like Graziano's. Chavez says small organizations can fill needs that large ones can't. I think the larger an organization is and the more involved government is, it, people are, are wary of it. Graziano says her clients trust her because she's been homeless. I had lived, you know, a pretty successful life in marriage and I got divorced and then I stumbled into drugs. And so being able to come on the other side of it and being having that lived experience, I do believe my voice is valuable and credible today. Graziano says she's been clean for six years. Her goal is to create a cottage community where her clients can learn job skills to prepare them to live on their own. And that was KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne. That's it for the podcast today. Be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.